you guys struggle with identity at some time? Some point? <laughs> Perfect. Fantastic right there. How many of you guys have struggled with your identity? Who, who you are? What, what is it? Like, do, who, is identity like what it says on your ID card? Who you go to school, right? Like, you struggle with these things. Um, sometimes we, 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 we put our identity into our sports teams, right? I'm a Cubs, Steelers, Penguins. How else am I? Babe, what else am I? A Lakers uh, uh, fan who I, I really, really enjoy sports. I do. I have memorabilia. I have hats. I have shirts, jerseys for each and every team. And sometimes I get... <laughs> I, I, sometimes you get so caught up in, in, in this identity of this group, of this team that you root for, and you get really depressed when they lose. Yeah. <laughs> Dara knows from experience, guys. Um, uh, but there's, there's some places in the Bible that talk about identity um, that really discuss and kind of give us a, a glimpse into what identity, who, uh, where we can find it and all that stuff. So we're going to start off with Moses. Uh, if you brought your Bible, uh, it's in Exodus. Uh, Exodus chapter 2 is where we're going to start. And if you didn't, I'm just going to read through it so you, you don't even need to worry about it. We'll put some verses up on the screen uh, as they come along and everything. Um, but yeah, so here we go. So Exodus chapter 2. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. little backstory. The reason why she had to hide him was because... Pharaoh was killing all the sons of the Israelites. The reason he was doing this was because he didn't want the, an uprising to happen, all right? So back into it. But when she, she could hide him for no longer, she got him in a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the, the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to the bathe in the Nile with her maidens, walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds, and sent her maid, and that the maid brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw a child, and behold, the boy was crying, and she had pity on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to the Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. How cool is that? So she, Moses' mom uses this situation to protect her son takes him, puts him in this basket, ends up getting found by Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter then gets talked to by Moses' sister and says, I know someone who could nurse this baby for you. And it's Moses' mom. So she gets to be his mom. But this is kind of where the identity issue comes in. Because Moses was raised a Hebrew. However, when he was old enough to enter into the court of the Egyptians, he became an Egyptian prince. How many of y'all seen Prince of Egypt? <sighs> deliver us. It's great. Great movie. They're making into a Broadway musical. Um, it's going to be lit. 
Uh, so anywho, uh, Moses knew he was Hebrew, but he was also Egyptian. He had the best of the Egyptian world. He was saved from all of this. He didn't have to deal with, the, <laughs> deal with the, the Hebrew problems, yet he still was conflicted. He hated seeing his brothers tortured and beaten. So it says in uh, verse 11, Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up, and he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that, and when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Talk about like a complex identity issue, right? He's like, I'm Egyptian, but at the same time I'm Hebrew, and I don't like what he's doing, so I'm going to kill this dude. Like, he's struggling so hard. He killed someone. Killed someone. So go, continuing on, he, he, he goes off and he runs away uh, to a land called Midian, which is where he meets his wife and his future father-in-law. And one day he, he's herding his future father-in-law sheep about 80 years after this. They lived a long time back then. So, I mean, he had quite some time to try and figure out his identity. Hopefully you guys find it out a lot sooner than he did. Um, but he saw a burning bush one day, and through this burning bush... It did not wilt. It didn't turn to ash. Nothing like that happened. It was the Spirit of God in that bush. And so he calls Moses over, tells Moses to take off his shoes because he's standing on holy ground, and then he continues with saying, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Pazite, what is that, Perizite, Perizite, however you say that one, the Hivite and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you will bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. So the first point that I want to make is we all have these identity issues. We all have issues with identity. We all don't know who we are, especially at your guys' age. How many of you know what you want to be when you grow up? Janelle, like, shot her hand up and put it back down. She's older than most of you guys, too, so I'm just saying. But honestly, how many of you guys can truly say, I know what I'm going to do, and I'm sticking to it, and I'm going to do it? No. I thought I was going to be a cop when I was four years old. I then wanted to be an actor when I was 12. I then wanted to be a zoologist when I was 14. Back to an actor when I was 16. And now I'm a teacher, so I don't know how that really worked out. And ultimately, I want to be a youth pastor. That's, that's my ultimate want in life. But at the same time, like, I, sw- I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I was similar to Moses in this way. So like Moses, I question this. And Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly, God said, certainly I will be with you. And that sh- this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Okay. God straight up told him what he is. 
who he is and what he expects Moses to do. All right? So my next point is where is our identity? Thank you. Sweet. Um, and if you, you guys know that God knows you more intimately. We know that from Psalms 139. It says, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before, there are a word on, even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. You've enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is hell, uh, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. If I say surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not too dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you formed me inward part, formed my inward parts, so he knit you together. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your words, after my, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you, and when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book, were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. So clearly, God knows who we are. God knows who you are. He has a plan and he has a purpose. He chose you. It says in John 15, 16, it says that you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whenever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. And then in 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22, it says, For as many are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who has established us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God chose you, just as he chose Moses. If you remember back in Exodus 2, it talks about how Moses was born of the tribe of Levi, a Levite man and a Levite woman. Do you guys know who the Levites are? They're like the priests of the, the, the Israelites. That's who they were. They were the ones who got up early in the morning and led a prayer worship for, for the Israelites. They were the ones who would be able to walk into the tent and see the face of God. Well, I mean, see the... They didn't really see the face. He's too glorifying to actually see him. But God ordained Moses to be a leader. Levites were leaders in their community. 
So he already gave him that. And then he was brought up even more so. He was brought up as a prince of Egypt. Another stroke on the leader. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was already a leader before he even was made the leader he was meant to be. He made some mistakes, as I'm sure all of you have, as I'm sure I have too. Correction, I know I have made mistakes. I'm, I'm not blameless. I, I, I've made these mistakes. I've been there. I've done that. I get it. But the key here is that God made us in his image. And in Genesis 1.27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So if God created you and did all this for you and made this happen and made it so that you were this great and wonderfully created thing, why are we listening to the, ide- of the, the things that people say about us? Why do you listen to what someone says, that your hair is too short, that your, your, your thighs are too big, that you're, you're, you're too short of a person? Like, who cares what anyone says about you? Who gives? Like, seriously, it, it doesn't matter what anybody says because point number three, our identity is in Christ. So that's what we have to do. We have to focus on where our identity is. And, and I kind of put under, in parentheses, it's not up there, but in my parentheses, I put, choose what God says about you, not what others or yourself say about you. For in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. So if you don't know Him, how could you know yourself? If people don't know Him, how do they truly know who you are? That's why it's so important to to not turn our identity to what people are saying about you or me or whatever. There's a, um, a movie called Rudy. How many of you guys seen Rudy? Rudy. It's a great, fantastic film about a young football player who everyone told him he could not be a football player. This, basically, they said, you're too short, you're too skinny, you're too this, you're too that. And this kid went out and he proved them all wrong. He took the time. He worked his butt off. He didn't listen to what the haters were saying about him. He was listening to what God was saying about him and what greater people were saying about him. He didn't need to listen to anybody. He wasn't too short. It's all a mental game here. And we have too many mental battles here, too many mental struggles where we're struggling to focus on, well, I, should I say this? Like, this joke sounds so dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, we, we, we struggle with that all the time, don't we? I hope I don't get this answer wrong, but I think it's this. How many times do you do that in school? Like, raise your hand if you do that in school, where you're like, is the, <laughs> the equation can be easy as heck, too. It's like 2 plus 2 plus 3. And you're like, oh, shoot, I don't know. That's, I think it's 7. I'm like 100% sure. <laughs> I'm 100% sure it's 7, but I don't want to look like an idiot, just in case there's like a multiplication sign I can't see in there somewhere, right? I work with students who do that on a regular basis. I work with students who have disabilities, who literally have people tell them that they aren't good enough because they can't read properly, because they cannot do math properly, because 
of a processing order in their brain, they cannot, what they hear is different than what they see. It's called dyslexia. You guys have heard of stuff like that before, right? I have ADHD. Not many people know about that, but I do. And I didn't take drugs to get over it. I didn't take anything to get over it. I didn't change my diet. I didn't do any of that stuff. I just worked my tail off to get over my ADHD. Disabilities, what people say about you does not define you. I sit in these long meetings where I have parents almost in tears because someone is telling them there's something wrong, quote unquote, wrong with their child. They view it that way. Just because something is wrong in society's standard doesn't mean it's wrong in God's eyes or God's standard. He has a plan to use you. That's what he did with Moses. He created him to be a Levite. He put him in these precarious situations. He did all these things for him. And then he said, this is what I'm going to have you do for me, and I'm going to work through you. It's not our job to, to censor ourselves, to make ourselves seem less than we actually are. It's God's job to come through us and make us seem bigger than we actually are. So, in my life, before Christ came and told me who I was, I would listen to like every word that someone said. I was the biggest people pleaser in the world, and if I upset you, I hated myself. I was so depressed. I hated life. And every single day I'd wake up, and you guys know in ESPN how they have that little ticker on the bottom that like, Drew Brees threw for 3,000 yards today, blah, 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 blah. And like it tells you at the bottom what's going on. It gives you the scores. That stuff like that, right? I had a ticker on this side of my, like I can still visualize it. And I literally could see words running across. You guys can see it. I could. It's my own delusion, just so you know. Like you, you guys aren't crazy. I'm the crazy one in this situation. But I would literally see words, loser, stupid, short, fat, literally every single day from sunup to sundown, even when I'm lying in bed, even when I was trying to fall asleep, these words would come and I would just cry and cry and cry because people were telling me who I was and I was believing what they were saying about me. I was believing these lies of the world because I didn't put myself in a position where God was telling me who I was. I wasn't in his word every single day. It, I still struggle with it, too. I, I honestly do. It does, it, just because you're overcoming it doesn't mean you were done with it. There's going to be battles you still fight. There's going to be troubles you still have. You're still going to see those words going off to the side of your face on a regular basis. You're still going to look like an idiot and you're just going to do it in a more professional setting and you're going to think worse of yourself after you do it. My first IEP meeting, I hated myself. I thought I, I sucked. I thought I was the worst teacher in the world. I thought I was, these parents were, didn't trust me as a, a teacher. But slowly and surely, I started getting the confirmations from God. No, this is where I have you right now. This is, this is you're going to succeed in this because this is where I'm having you. This is where you're doing. I'm using you in this moment. I'm going to be a youth pastor one day. I fully 100% believe that God has called me to do that. But he has me here for a reason. He has me in this point. So your job is to recognize this is not your story. This is not the end. This is just your story so far. So that's, that's what we're going to be talking about over this next month. Uh, and to, as, as we go through, we're going to listen to other students' stories and, and we're going we're gonna to focus and find and, 
and do things and trust in what people have to say about themselves and what God's saying through them. Dang, this was shorter than I thought it was going to be. I normally talk a lot. I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, but <laughs> Yes, perfect. Jesus is saying I'm talking perfectly enough. Um, but it honestly bothers me whenever I see people struggling with bullying, suicide, and violence and stuff because of what people are saying about them. Don't let it happen to you guys. Y'all are special. Y'all were bought with a price. God died for, or Jesus, not God. Jesus died for you. He came to this earth, John 3, 16. He, God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whomsoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it.